I was a kid, I used to dream what it would be like to live somewhere far away from Hell's Kitchen. But I realized the city was a part of me. It was in my blood. And I would do anything to make it a better place. Maybe if he had an iron suit or a magic hammer, explain why you keep getting your asses handed to you. Welcome to Defenders TV Podcast, the podcast about the Netflix TV shows Daredevil, Iron Fist, Jessica Jones, and Luke Cage, leading up to the miniseries Defenders. This is episode nine of our podcast where we're talking about the Daredevil Netflix TV series. Episode five is World in Flames. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. I'm a lawyer by day and defender by night. Hi, I'm John. I'm billionaire playboy Daniel Rand. Danny Rand to my friends. Um... And by night, I'm the Iron Fist. I am Irene, I'm the Unbreakable Cage. Hey guys, I'm Chris Jones, also known as Jessica Jones, but only on the weekend into the special queue. (laughs) 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 Ah, welcome to a world in flames. What did you think of the episode, guys? Really good. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It seemed like a a really nice continuation from uh, episode four, Into the Blood. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I so I, that really carried through into this and, and everything that had been going on there. So I really, really enjoyed it, yeah. Good stuff. And listeners, if you want to make sure to follow us on uh, Twitter, you can follow us at DefendersCast. You can subscribe to the podcast by going to DefendersTVPodcast.com slash iTunes. Uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a review so other people can find our podcast. And remember, if you want to send us feedback, you can, you can email it to feedback at DefendersTVPodcast.com feedback at DefendersTVPodcast.com. Um, I think we can go into the episode synopsis, John, if you want to give us a rundown of Daredevil Episode 5, World on Fire. Uh, this was written by Luke Caltro and directed by Farron Blackburn, uh, who's a British director who directed the TV series The Fades. A bit of a Marvel connection here. Uh, the Fades starred uh, Ian DeCastiger from uh, Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. He plays Fitz on that show, and he was the star of, uh, of The Fades, directed by Farron Blackburn. And he also, yeah, he also directed a couple episodes of Doctor Who as well. Um, so a proper any any British director has must have directed an episode of Doctor Who over the previous fifty years, I'm sure. Absolutely. At some point. But uh, yeah, good to, good to have a good to have another British presence on the show. Uh, John, do you want to give us the synopsis? Speaking of British presence, yes. um, <coughs> or presence, um, yes. Daredevil episode five, World on Fire. Anatoly's decapitated body is returned to Vladimir, his brother. With the body is found a black mask planted on the corpse, implicating the unknown vigilante. Now angry and revengeful, but also distracted, Vladimir puts all his resources into finding the man in the black mask and killing him. However, unbeknownst to Vladimir, the double cross of the Russians is cemented by a meeting of the crime syndicate, where all agree to liquidate Vladimir and the Russians' remaining assets in an audacious concluding move by Wilson Fisk, and orchestrated by his friend, Wesley. Meanwhile, Claire Temple is concerned with Matt's methods and challenges his means to make his city safe. But Matt doesn't agree, as the extent of Fisk's network are revealed to him to be even more ingrained in the life of New York City. Foggy and Karen, meanwhile, are helping out a new client, but find themselves on an unexpected date. Thankfully, this is interrupted by a series of explosions across the city, as Fisk, on his second date with Vanessa, revels in the true extent of his double-cross to bring down the Russians that demonstrates his true capabilities to Vanessa and assuring her that by his side she is safe and secure. As Vladimir escapes the double-cross, Daredevil again tries to finally confront him, but both are cornered by New York's finest boys in blue. Is this the true extent of Fisk and Wesley's plan? Ooh, interesting, interesting. So date night in Hell's Kitchen, uh, as everybody gets to gets to go out on a date. And it's explosive. Is ex- yeah. Yes, date night is explosive. Fireworks. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Death. Yeah, yeah, sounds like a bad date night, really. Sounds yeah. like an actual average date night for me. <laughs> in Fire, <hell's>. explosions, <laughs> death. Yeah. 
Tears. Yeah. Tears, yeah, lots of tears. <laughs> Double cross. <laughs> Actually, now it sounds like an average weekend. <laughs> Chris, do you want to kick us off with your first point about World on Fire? Okay, so uh, this is going to follow on from our last episode. Um, I talked about the what the flip, what WTF moment mm-hmm. where Matt was running down an alley. Um, so in this episode, we saw an explanation of his, how his radar power works. Mm-hmm. So he is superhuman. It's been confirmed. We've seen how he sees the world mm-hmm. in a very, as a, which the episode describes, world on fire. Yeah. The air particles are vibrating and he can see these vibrations in some kind of radar sense, which gives him an ability to see. Again, a lot more yellow and red. Mm-hmm. So this could be the actual more cut through of kind of yellow, reds that we've seen. But it was good. It allows us to bend some disbelief. So did the radioactivity in the gunk on his eyes mm-hmm. give him this heightened sense? Um, he did explain that as well, that he's able to feel or hear bones shifting mm-hmm. during breaks uh, That when she's breathing, uh, when he's examining Claire, that she has a hairline fracture versus a full-on fracture. Yeah. Um, so again, it's his hearing, so he can't see that. Yeah. So I think we're getting uh, the the glimpse, the first glimpse of Daredevil's powers. Yeah. Um, but I did love it. It was a nice way of... It's better than the rain uh-huh. uh, that was from 2003 uh, with the radar like backlight sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But no, I, enjoy, I enjoyed this. It was it was a nice... It, 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 it quieted some of my concerns from the previous episode. Right, yeah. It's, it's one of the things we spoke about, I think, on the first episode. It's how quickly they answered the kind of questions that you can bring up about the show. You know, you you have a question like like you did, this looks unbelievable, and then they provide an answer to you, and it seems to have satisfied the, the, the complaint or the comment that you have. Yeah, no, I did. It, yeah, I, I still want to see more. Yeah. I want a more of deeper understanding. But I think, yeah, no, it's satisfied enough that now we know how he's able to run and scale tall buildings with no eyesight being legally blind yeah 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 uh, I love the combination that he talks about where it's uh, where he, you have to think about having more than the five senses for him because he's able to combine all of the uh, the enhancements to his senses together to form a picture of what's going on around him is the, the general sense that he gives which was cool and seeing one moment of seeing how he sees the world was, was really interesting I so. want to see more of that Okay. I would love to see that during a fight scene because right. yeah. that would be spectacular looking mm-hmm. um, but he did also mention his balance Yes, which is one of the things that actual Daredevil in the comic book lore um, uses because his balance is set to his ears mm-hmm. um, and he's able to control that through his hearing um, and he, so that's why he is this amazing acrobat and yeah. we've actually seen more and more uh, during these fight scenes as well of when he's flipping off walls that's or right. and it, it's fantastic it's the stunts the coordinators again fantastic I think we've called them out on the show previously yeah yeah um, but this just this explanation has sedated me enough. I just want to see more. I want more knowledge. I don't think we're going to get that till we start seeing Stick, right? Um, who helps maybe combine or etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, anybody else have a point on uh, on Claire and uh, Matt's discussion? Rennie's feeling for on the counter then after that because mm-hmm. he's leaving. Sorry, yeah. and he he's feeling on the counter for his wallet and his sunglasses, mm-hmm. and he's like, "I'll get you some clothes while I'm out." Yeah. And you're kind of going, but you knew exactly where the mobile was the last time on the on the carpet. Right. Which I thought had just been answered, and then he does the groping on the counter thing, mm-hmm. and you're like, why? Why? Interesting. I'm starting to think that. that he's hiding. He's literally, when he's... Then I, yeah, yeah maybe it's he's kind of, he, he's putting on this really can. sense, like okay. we did with Foggy and stuff. But even then, with Claire's the one calling him out on all this stuff mm-hmm. now, going... As a blind person, you see more than most people see anyway. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, that's okay, okay, mm-hmm. I get it, but yeah, uh-huh. stop throwing it in my face. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, I'm going to grope around for a while. I'm right. literally afraid what he's going to end up groping in one of these scenes, but. <laughs> I wonder if he's used that with the girls before at all. <laughs> Remember the feeling of the face? That's right, that's right. We'll get to that, I'm well, sure, absolutely. at some point. I did like your call out in the synopsis, John. Well done. Yeah. Um, um, awkward. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I loved the heightened sense, though, as well. I liked it. Him talking about temperature and pressure changes. I like the, you know, your stitches have just come undone from a wound on her back. Mm-hmm. And she asks how how he knows this. And it's the taste of copper mm-hmm. in the air. So, again, it's this idea that taste comes into it as well as then, obviously, sounds and touching and obviously all these different changes that you can 
uh, find from uh, from those uh, different senses. So I, yeah, I really liked that. It was good to have in in the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I definitely want to see more of it. As, as, as you said, Chris, it's good to have an initial explanation, but. Uh, but yeah, let's get some more as we as we go along, and I'm sure we will. I wouldn't like an entire episode where he just sits down and goes, "Right, this is what my powers are." <laughs> that and could be good. Everything. It could be, but I'd prefer that as an extra on a DVD. I'm yeah. loving the pacing of the show at the moment, so I wouldn't like them to yeah. just stop it all to go, "Hey, right, this, see the way I did that over there. This is how exactly how I did that, and this is how I'm going to do the next thing." That would be. But a bit... it was like you heard Chris though. Yeah, it was. Wasn't yeah. It? <laughs> I'm quite happy about that. Right, before we get into this episode, I have to get this out of the way, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I can taste the copper in the air. Yeah. Oh, I use this as a segue. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, I think that's all we have on that on that one. Yeah. Uh, Irene, do you want to give us your first point? My first point was Matt and Claire as well, but it wasn't. It was around the 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 kiss on the cut lip, which mm-hmm. I'm glad to see that she immediately went out, put, yeah. put her tongue to it afterwards, like. Because, of course, you're thinking that her lip is bit open. Not yeah, good. That's got to um, be sore. It's got to be sore. And you'll definitely taste the copper off that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not off the air. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and then it all kind of pretty quickly turns sour because Between. she's... She says, like, oh, I can't fall in love. I'm not going to let myself fall in love with somebody who's, like, putting themselves in danger and everything. Yeah. And he just goes, oh, don't, like... Right, yeah. It's like, which is kind of realistic, I think. Like, you have one kiss with somebody and they say something about falling in love, you probably would go, yeah, don't. Like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah, I can see that, I can yeah. see that. <laughs> and he just leaves. And then it's kind of yeah. left, so you're like, oh, I wonder what happened with that. Like, yeah. I do like the parallel between the two, those two relationships, though, between, you know, Wilson is getting closer to Vanessa in this episode and Foggy and Karen. And Matt is driving a wedge between himself and Claire because he won't listen to her advice, which is one of my points, just he won't listen to her advice about not going after the Russians. Um, yeah. She's clearly worried about him. She's clearly seen the toll that's taking on him. And she now lives in his apartment. But, uh, um, yeah, but she's saying, like, you said you enjoyed what you were doing, mm-hmm. but I didn't think you did at the time. I thought you were just saying that, like, at the yeah. time. And now she's beginning to wonder. Exactly. Why wouldn't you stop? Why wouldn't you listen to me? Yeah, yeah. So, Can I just also mention, sorry, this is me coming in. They've known each other, what, two weeks? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And she's now living with him. Mm-hmm. They've only just kissed, and she's going, talking about love. Mm-hmm. This is, That should have alarm bells. Like, he should just listen. Yeah, I think okay. that's why he said don't yeah, run. Like, yeah, exactly. And he I'm didn't going... go home again for the rest of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> but I think when you, you stitch someone's uh, bloody wound and gaping stab wound up, mm. or sutra it, it probably... Brings them closer yeah. than normally would, but yeah, I know I'd it's, used that before. it's a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I grazed my knee once. <laughs> I got a lot of attention from that, but they were all over fifty. <laughs> uh, no, I just I think this is a, a very. We're getting to a point where that that was something she's spoken about her previous boyfriend, Mike as well, who held too many secrets. Yeah, okay, we kind of get... I mean, for me, this was like... I was like, yes, they're kissing. This is the this is the, the, his love story. It's fantastic. Nice take on it. Yeah. Amazing. Especially when they bring down some of the Luke Cage stuff later on in the, some of the series. That okay. could be interesting. Mm-hmm. That, di- that kind of... That dynamic. But then they just went and messed it all up with, like, trying to get very overly soppy, kind of very... Grey's Anatomy esque, wow. kind of on it. Ooh, that's a dish. Well, wow. Doctor Parallel? No. Oh, okay. oh no, that's 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 hurtful comment oh, about oh, Daredevil. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, I do. I will call out that uh, Claire Temple specifically says to Matt when he says to move in with uh, move in with him. She specifically says, "I can't believe you went through all this trouble to get me to move in with you." She calls out the fact that it's way too early for them two of them to be living together. Um, she does what she actually says is. She does talk about the word love, but what she says is, I can't let myself fall in love with a man like you, who will be a man like that, a man who will become what I don't think you will become. She does not say, I'm in love with no, you. No, she doesn't say, I've made that decision. Love, no, I think it's, it, it's, yes, it's early in the relationship, but she is commenting on the fact that. It's two weeks! <laughs> she's commenting on the fact that she doesn't want to let herself fall any deeper than she is already if he's going to turn out to be a man like that. That's all she's saying. So I don't know whether she's specifically saying I'm falling in love with you or you fall in love with me or are we in love, are we getting married, any of that kind of stuff. But And there's um, definitely there must be an attraction with abdominals like that. I mean oh, she's yes. had you know, she's had to by 
very fact of sewing him up and putting plasters over Mm -hmm. grazes and so on that you know he's got the Marvel abs yes so (laughs) I mean she's a she's a you know she's got red hot blood coursing through her veins so she must have a little bit of a raised eyebrow every time uh, <laughs> he comes in to get fixed up so we've got going two under the bonnet team claire and two for team uh, uh, matt yeah. So that's the way we're going to play this. So we're going to take score, people. It's a, it's a draw right now. Uh-huh. As we get towards each episode, towards the season finale, we'll uh, see where we are on Team Matt and Team Claire. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think for me, like though, my kind of point with Claire and Matt would be I like the fact that she calls out his actions or his methods. Um, I mean, it links to a few of my other points, but, you know, for her, she is seeing now a few bodies stacking up mm-hmm. um, from his actions, and he doesn't seem to be necessarily phased by it. And I think it was in one of the previous episodes where he says, well, it doesn't hurt me. So, you know, there's that kind of stuff going on between the two of them as well. And even you could argue after this episode, slight disregard for other bystanders in that um, you know the the Chinese sort of um, the blind runner that's that's brought um, to one of the uh, Russian hideouts is taken out by one of the Russians, but it's almost as though Daredevil, the man in the black mask, the vigilante, was that Matt Murdock was using him as a bit of a shield, and mm-hmm. um, so she begins to question some of his actions you know about people getting hurt injured in comas um, and and his methods you know interrogation even though she did suggest the the nerve behind the eye in episode 2 mm-hmm. but it's that becomes seemingly a bit of a strain between the two of them but i like that she's calling him out on that and she does in this episode say you're becoming the things you're trying to fight against yeah yeah. Um, and that kind of as well i think links back to these motives between um wilson fisk and matt murdoch in terms of making their city safe i think i didn't think of that yeah yeah no that's a good point definitely definitely thanks john for my second point, there was actually just a bit of a question for me, and I want to kind of check up with you guys. Um, Matt taking the police officer's phone from him. The police officer uh, who he kills, he takes a phone from him and gets a message. We don't know if he kills him. Okay, that's that's one question. We'll, uh, we'll probably get to okay. that in, in another discussion. But yeah, it looks like he kills him and he takes his phone. But that police officer gets a text message with the locations of essentially where all the bombs are going off later on in the episode, right? My question was, Matt taking the cop's phone, did that delay what could have been the police going into these areas to clear out innocent people from the areas? Has Matt just done something else that's put more people in danger? Um, once again, trying to save uh, trying to save or going after the, the villains in the episode, essentially. Has he just taken away what would normally be the police response to, uh, to a potential bombing or planned bombing because this cop didn't receive the message of where these bombs were going to be? What do you think? I don't know. I think this cop was in on it mm-hmm. to to make sure that so he knows not to be there. No, oh, that's what I mean, though. Yeah. But because he didn't get that message, would it have stopped other people that he would have told to not be in that area? But they would have been already working with Fisk. Um, Collateral maybe, damage, maybe. Okay. I right. think like he kind of was it. He, he you need to cut off the head of the snake, mm-hmm. and the body will die. So he's he's actually do, working backwards. He's cutting the body apart and right. then going for the head. Right, right. Um, as much as he thinks the other way. But no, I, I, I think no. He, he, you could see it like that. Mm-hmm. But I think no. It, it was a fair, a fair deal. He okay. got the phone and that the bad guys burned. Right. See, nobody thinks of the value of the head. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's the stormtrooper effect. It is the yeah. stormtrooper effect again. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, I just kind of would have assumed that the the detectives, the the police, because they were bought by Fisk, mm-hmm. that it would raise too much uh, suspicion if the police were shipping out innocent bystanders from an area seized and held by by the Russians, mm-hmm. because their lookouts would be going, well, why is there this in a sense mass evacuation except for us? Yeah. So I think that yeah. would have been too right. suspicious for them. And. Yeah. Um, why it was a question that, 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 I'm glad would, I didn't say that's my opinion about it no so. but that would be my my kind of feeling <laughs> yeah. on it and um, maybe the other question is whether 
Matt could have done more having that information on the phone. Whether he could have, sorry, yeah. whether he could have done more to having, help to help other people rather than just going after the or Russians, inform yeah. everyone. I mean, yeah. for him, this isn't. I mean, he doesn't know it, but this is an internal uh, group text. fight and and yeah. squabble so. between um, the crime syndicate and the Russians, mm-hmm. or in, more personally between Fisk and Vladimir, and previously his brother. Mm-hmm. So. He doesn't know that yeah. either. Yeah, he simply thinks of it as the four locations of where the Russians are set up, rather than where the the bomb locations essentially, which yeah. is what it is. Okay. Yeah. And I yeah. think on the fine that other question, because that to me was my oh my god moment, mm-hmm. um, because I didn't realise it was happening, and whether it was real or not, or whether he killed him or not, was the detective's death. Right. And um, I mean that was a boot to the head, as far as I can see, and I am almost sure that when he slumps down to one side the head has a bit missing yeah. from it yeah mm-hmm. so it's gonna, he's actually killed him he has like I he was thinking he doesn't care he just walks away like I turned around and went did he just do that yeah I was like <gasps> complete shock horror that that had just happened yeah, yeah. He, I know he was a corrupt detective um, but that was, I think, a big point, yeah. I think, in in this uh, episode for me. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, it is really um, violent, the, the episodes, and that's absolutely fine. But this almost felt like he would do that to a criminal, but even though he was a detective and a cop, that maybe he would draw the line to that. But this basically is showing that you're bad and you're yeah, bad. It doesn't matter whether you are essentially with the cops mm-hmm. or you're just one of the out and out mobsters defending a load of drugs or at the the drug factory and um, you can be killed and will be if it needs to happen yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna defer my opinion on what happened on that scene until we see some more episodes for this particular question because he probably won't I, get it the story yeah no because he, he potentially could just be going to going to hospital he could have been knocked out on the ground and and uh, and mass has taken his phone essentially um there's no confirmation in the episode given and when there's no confirmation or no body seen or no no funeral yeah you never know this guy, guy could be back this is the detective we have seen before he's the guy yeah. that he's the guy that interviewed karen page in the first episode yeah. so he he has had previous episodes he's not just a background character he yeah. has had some yeah. previous it stuff, was so. detective blake yeah. played mm-hmm. by chris tardio uh, sure. um and yeah from episode one but um I don't know where Hoffman was now, the other guy, his his mm. other uh, counterpoint. Uh, and obviously we see that they are bought by, by Fisk in that they essentially um, fake an escape by a Russian that they've got in the holding cell. Mm-hmm. And and Matt's actually outside as well, and he, he yeah. hears that. And again, it's the second time, I think, then that he hears Wilson Fisk as a name mm. mentioned. Um, and it was one of those points that kind of then feeds into the whole double-cross this slight danger for Fisk now that the double cross is exposed or known and that maybe his name will get out by essentially very talkative Russians. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm starting to see a pattern and I'm hoping I'm slightly wrong in that um, for those of our listeners who watch Arrow, Mm -hmm. the very first season of Arrow, um, obviously it's DC and there's no connection there, but I'm seeing kind of trend in that he kills. Mm -hmm. Um, and he then has to live with that guilt and then flips on a coin and becomes very... He doesn't kill. He, he will not kill. Right. And I think that's where we may get to with between Matt and Claire, mm-hmm. that she becomes his conscience. The She basically becomes the nagging wife. She's moved in with him. Um, <laughs> she's going to tell him how to look after his body, and now she goes, Don't, no, no more killing. No more killing. <laughs> Um, so or I, think, I won't let myself fall in love with you. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> she showed him. Um, I think that might happen. We, we may get a sp- either maybe the end of this series, or as it starts to happen, she may kind of force him to reevaluate his his idea that okay, I can kill everyone and it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's. But at this point, I think we're going to see a lot of dead bodies still continue to rack up right. because 
well, it's not going to be a gory Marvel show for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I definitely think he's, he, I see what you mean. He, he is losing control a lot. He does mention that, you know, when the devil gets inside, you could see it with his father when he was in the boxing ring and people could see it in his father's eyes that he couldn't stop hitting and couldn't stop punching. We've now seen it twice where Matt has taken on an adversary in this episode. It was Nikolai, uh, where he doesn't stop punching the man in the face, essentially. Mm. Uh, and he was only stopped by the cops arriving. Is that right? In this, yeah. in this episode, he yeah. could have he could have killed Nikolai right there and then. But yeah, he, he may be dead again. We'll, we'll see the next episode. But uh, he just kept punching again, you know. Um, that's it for me for that, that point. Irene, do you want to uh, give us your next point? My next point would probably be for uh, Karen and Foggy. Mm-hmm. Okay, I let's get to. there. <laughs> yeah, let's uh, just get this out of the way. <laughs> uh, I kind of thought that they're actually thought they're kind of nice together in this episode, right. but I do think I have to agree with John what he said in the synopsis about thank God for the explosions because mm-hmm. that was getting nails on the blackboard cringy, like right with the <laughs> the two hands solidly on the cheeks, the mm-hmm. face. Like I was like, you don't, you never see that. Like yeah. that's not usually usually the fingertips are, would be moved down over the face not smack onto the cheeks like <laughs> the way I don't know like and then there's the whole thing of how come Foggy didn't comment that that's more about Matt than me yeah. and we just kind of said that we were on a sunny date like yeah, yeah. It was it was nice to hear that they were on a date, definitely. Yeah. It was nice to see them getting to know each other, but I, I do totally understand the uh, the creepiness of a woman saying, How about you just place your hands in my face so I can see what I can Matt feel might what might see if he was the one yeah. doing it. Yeah, I, I, I presume all you're actually going to get out of that is knowing what it feels like to have somebody else put their hands on your face. Yeah. 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 Did you wash them after eating fish? Right. <laughs> My first reaction on this, because again, this would be one of my points, was definitely what on earth, what is going on here? And maybe even the writers thought this, because hence the explosions enter stage left, and I was like, oh my goodness, that is brilliant that they've just set a series of explosions off, because I just (laughs) was not going to enjoy where that was heading. that was definitely my initial thought on that. Um, but I think the lead-up to it, I kind of enjoyed, and I thought it was kind of starting to be, you know, the fruits of the, this relationship that we had seen, and I think it was really good. And then, they kind of suit each other. Yeah, like, and yeah. then it turned the awkward shade of, yeah, pretend you're uh, Matt Murdock and touch me as though you were blind and feel my face. And did he ever say that to you about me? Yeah, which is weird. And then... I suddenly again came back to the point of is she trying to destroy something that is actually ending up being maybe quite nice and romantic? You know, the lady that they're trying to help in this battle against um, the the dubious landlord Tully, Mm -hmm. um, you know, has kind of left them alone. She maybe sees herself that there's, there's something to these two people together. And then is she trying to, to wreck it? Is this like a wrecking ball? Now, at this moment, I'm hoping I don't have to say that too often about the actions that she goes through and is placed in. Um, at the moment, that's all I can think of because otherwise it was very awkward. I don't know whether anyone would really say that. She brought up the ex-girlfriend over dinner or a date when he's already explained it's an ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. So and you're having it. This is post the. Is this a date? Yeah. Scene. So like, she, they already kind of, like you said, it's that torpedo didn't work. It, it was shot off the bow. Yeah. Hold on. Let me fire another one. Yeah. Touch me like Matt touches me. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. It just. I think they've gone from comic humor. Mm-hmm. They are uh, being played as this side story where you're trying to get a bit of comic humor out of it but again she's just I need I need a good scene with Karen again yeah. and I think that's the only way I'm going to get back to her where she'll be an integral part of this because I think that's what they think I think they've lost why she is an integral part of the show mm-hmm. she was supposed to be that keystone between the the the, the Murdoch and uh, Nelson and Murdoch, um, it, and how they find out and go after the kingpin from the legal side, yeah. and then the man in the mask and Daredevil and Matt's um, kind of behind the scenes action as mm-hmm. the man in the mask. 
Yeah. Because that's what she was supposed to be. And I think they just that's gone now because we've got um Ulrich doing the legal side and mm-hmm. investigating there and Matt and Claire are doing that in yeah. the background there at night time. So I think they kinda of got they've been a bit lost for the last couple of episodes and I'm really hoping it just like Foggy's great. Foggy is great. Mm-hmm. He is the comic humor that we need for a very dark show. But this love this love Titanic mm-hmm. I think is the only way to say it she is a Titanic she is sinking more and more every episode right. and I'm just I'm kind of hoping that she goes under the water for a while just because I don't want to see any more of as John keeps bringing up this torpedoing self self destruction action right. it's getting annoying I think it's about about time for it to go somewhere really yeah. for you yeah 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 I think so I think it needs to be explained why she's doing that um, and and behaving like this um, and if it suddenly just dropped because I, I agree I think it's a bit like with the Ulrich thing if you know it would be nice to have seen her maybe just sign that confidentiality thing so that she took we know she took his advice at the moment I suppose we could assume that maybe she did or maybe she didn't and mm-hmm. maybe that's even more the destructive element to her but it needs to get called out definitely um, I think and just quickly on the the foggy as the the light relief, um, I must say I loved Foggy Bear, brilliant, mm-hmm. loved it, loved that his ex girlfriend kept calling him Foggy Bear, and even then it was uh, was it Mrs. Cardancy, um, the the Spanish lady mm-hmm. in the falling down sort of tenement, um, comes to the their office and calls him Senor Foggy Law. Um, I just loved it. I really like those really kind of little fun. pet names that he was given in this in this episode. I think that was good fun um, and a nice light relief. Certainly like the explosions were as well. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of the explosions, I have one little point on uh, on Karen and Foggy's uh, moment together. Uh, I don't know whether it's connected or not, but uh, so when we have uh, Matt talking to Claire earlier on and we see his his version of how he sees people. Uh, it's a very fiery, explosive kind of look, isn't it, with the uh, with the yellow and red look. And when Foggy touches the face of, uh, in that awful scene, when, when Foggy touches the face of Karen, explosions go off outside. Nice big fiery explosions outside in the city. I just thought it was quite an interesting little touch. So maybe that is how Matt sees everybody, explosive. Explosive personalities. Actually, following on from what John said about just green that foggy's the comic relief yeah. um i found this one little that was one great scene where he was talking about the faculty breaking mm-hmm. and oh my god our robot overlords are going to rise up i am mm-hmm. hoping that this fax machine easter egg is a really nice nod to age of ultron which is coming now mm-hmm. in two weeks here in um ireland in the uk um if perfectly timed uh the fax machine aren't working the telephone lines are down could this actually be the we won't know now until we see the film, but mm-hmm. I think Ultron taking over some of the electronics in uh, New York, where Avengers Terror is. Mm-hmm. So that could be something. I'm probably wrong, but it was a nice nod towards it anyway. Yeah, yeah, I like definitely, it. yeah. There are robot overlords. Yeah, I like yeah. it. I like it. You got a few Easter eggs that you spotted in this episode, didn't you? A couple of loads. Uh, I'm gonna start. Yeah, uh, excuse me. The first one was brilliant, which was. Um, Claire talk, talking about um, you're not a billionaire playboy that like, I've been hearing all about. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is a nice nod to Tony Stark. Yeah. Um, yep. So I thought that was quite a, it was very early on. Mm-hmm. Um, Nobu in the scene with um, uh, Kingpin, Wilson Fisk, and uh, Mam Gao and Wesley mm-hmm. um, talk about um, he's, Nobu says to um, Wilson Fisk, remember the promise you made to me and those I work for. Mm-hmm. So he's not the head of the Yakuza, as we think. I am actually now more and more starting to think the hand. Okay. This is where there are ninjas are going to come in, which is fantastic. <laughs> um, then, perhaps the best one, I'm clutching at straws here, okay. and I'm sorry, but um, when Matt is in the police station, mm-hmm. um, he there's a sign over his left, right... Right left, left or right shoulder. Um, it says you don't have to reveal your identity 
to stop violent crime. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the one of the next big films is Captain America: Civil War, and mm -hmm. um, where the for those of you who know the premise of Civil War, it is um, there is a war between the superheroes. Half who is kind of t Iron Man saying that you must register, should reveal your identity to be a superhero and mm -hmm. stop violent crime. To uh, Captain America's, no, 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 we can still have our secret identities and everything like that. So it could be a nice kind of in there, and especially Daredevil does play a big part in Captain America Civil War. Mm -hmm. Well, sorry, in Civil War, the comic book. Yeah. Will he play a part in Captain America Civil War? Time will tell. Yeah, yeah, no, and I like that reference as well. It's also a reference to, I think, uh, Claire saying to him, Why don't you go to the cops? And he says, because mask vigilantes like me don't go over very well with the cops. So this is a sign right behind him telling him, you know, you don't need to reveal your identity to tell us something about yeah. crime in the city, which I thought was a nice little touch as well. Good Easter egg spotting. Uh, no, no, there's one more. Ooh, there's yeah. one more. Um, mm. the, the best I left the last. Mm -hmm. uh, last episode here, we talked about um, Wilson Fisk and his suit, the white suit and the ascot. That's right. And we did talk about it. And in this episode here, we had... Um, the lovely Vanessa mentioning how she had swept off her feet and seduced by a man in a white suit and a mascot mm -hmm. yes. and a lovely nod there yeah, just to kind of absolutely. okay we're not going to see our Wilson Fisk in this episode in this show probably in a white suit and mascot mm -hmm. uh, unless he wants to seduce Vanessa absolutely. which he did ask maybe about but he got shot down so I think that was just a nice nod that okay this yeah, there's your fun part, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. You've got, the suit is available, but maybe he's not going to be the one putting it on. Yeah, yes. Yeah, good little, uh, good little touch. Again, it's like they were listening to you, Chris, when they made this episode. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really good. On to my next point, and this is actually about Vanessa. Uh, I think what they've done in this episode, the writer of the episode has obviously done a, uh, done some some work on Vanessa's character here. I think she's, they've really strengthened the character of Vanessa here. Um, last time it really felt like it's just a pretty girl that, that Wilson Fisk walked up to in uh, in her uh, in her place of business asked her out on a date things didn't work out that well and then again she just pushes him away at the end of the episode this time she goes back knowing exactly the type of person that Wilson Fisk is carries a carries a gun on her person um, in case anything goes wrong and tells her uh, tells him to promise that he will never lie to her and again says I know the type of person you are don't ever lie to me and tell me that you're not that type of person it's a really good development for her character. She is definitely going to be the mob wife. Um, she's definitely prepared herself for that. She now knows exactly who this person is. He's a man that gets what he wants, and she's perfectly happy with that, as long as she's not lied to is what comes across. I think that's a good a good character development for Vanessa. Yeah, it was really strong. That's that whole second date where they're in the kind of the the restaurant high above the city, and obviously um, Fisk can put on a a firework display for them um, mm -hmm. as he did do but I, I just loved that whole sort of dinner date and the the conversation there about again like even him kind of coming back and saying I've done stuff that I'm not proud of mm -hmm. um, but people have got to be hurt um, to rebuild this city I loved his little sort of analogy of this isn't a, a caterpillar that cocoons itself and out comes a beautiful uh, butterfly. This city needs to be torn down and rebuilt. Yeah. And for him, he knows that his methods and his actions are violent. And again, I think this is reflecting back uh, between the two of Wilson Fisk and, and Daredevil mm -hmm. here, or Matt Murdock. But Wilson Fisk also seems to be at ease with that. However, there is some internal reflection where he says, I've done stuff I'm not proud of. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. Whereas we've seen Matt Murdock say, I'm okay. Like It almost seems slightly... Our hero odds. should yeah. be Wilson Fisk um, in this show. Yeah, yeah. And I, <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm loving all this, this kind of chit-chat separately by these two big protagonists. Um, and thought it was really good and I think Vanessa's character helped pull that out of him and that's what I think I'm trying to say here is that she is becoming a really strong character and then to be offered that place with him mm -hmm. by his side so to speak yeah. and that you'll be safe and secure and you know he will love her I think is really an interesting development yeah yeah yeah, she seemed very happy with the ends justifying the means once he mentioned that they're the men that 
and taken the boy and beaten his father in front of him. Absolutely. She was like, oh yeah, okay, grand, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. She, she, she kind of gave up on that. It's like, okay, yeah, oh, okay. you've blown up four buildings just to punish those. Oh yeah, I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After yeah. carrying a gun in, going, I'm not quite sure. Yeah. Um, she's telling the truth. So that apparently, uh, listeners, if you ever want to blow anything up, just make sure you tell your significant other the truth and everything will be fine. Say, <laughs> yeah. so I am going to blow up this building. Uh-huh. Just, it's okay. I thought there was a little bit of the making it sound like that for her kind of thing. He, like, obviously, he, you know, conveniently didn't mention any of the other stuff that had happened. Right. Or any, you know, he just said that about the boy and then she's fine with it. Mm-hmm. I think he's probably going, huh, perfect, I'm golden. Like, <laughs> not, not, not lying to you seems to be, not, not lying to you, it just yeah. seems to be conveniently telling you the bits I want you to know. But admitting, I, the and that's tr- fine. admitting parts and of admission, the truth. Yeah. 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 I, 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 another point, and I'll, I'll jump in here with this one, is uh, that, I, that I made was actually Wilson's confession to her did seem really heartfelt, though. Um, no, it did, so, yeah. So when he does... he's probably lying to himself, too. <laughs> possibly, possibly. He's just possibly justifying it to himself as well, yeah, that they, there's no, they always say there's no villain that doesn't believe his way is the right way yeah. because that would be a comic book villain from the 60s. You know, these these are characters that are deep and, and well-developed characters. But I suppose characters. at least that means that he's being honest, yeah. yeah. He is being honest then. He's being yeah. honest to yeah. her, and to, and, uh, but he's lying to himself. So, yeah, but it is it is about the way he he delivers that, that confession to her is very much about, you know, I've hurt people in the yeah. past, I'll hurt them in the future, but it does sound more like he's emotionally hurt them rather than he's actually, you know, cut off limbs and taken off a head yeah. in a car. Um, it really doesn't. It really does feel. It just sounds like you know he's just choosing oh, so words. Took from, oh, sorry. Yeah. What I meant it's was like, I pulverized him with his head. Exactly. Oh. oh yeah. No, I, I didn't just insult his mother or something. Yeah. You know. Uh, yeah. yeah, like, but I, I so think he that was fat in those trousers. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing the kingpin no 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 honey look at that chef do you not see this Armani suit <laughs> go on, good change good change here's my tailor's number Mr. Potter <laughs> like I do like that idea again it's do you have to be embroiled is it like a mafia family where you know if you're born into it or you marry into it you're a part of it or is it kind of like um, forgive me for this but Oh, I still like the film, but Face Off with John Travolta, where mm-hmm. it's like you say nothing to your other halves about what it is that you actually do. That kind of you like the storms, uh, like the stormtrooper leaving his wife and kids as he goes off to you know to interrogate and uh, torture re- the Rebel Alliance. Mm-hmm. It's kind of you know, do you not? Do you leave it at the, the front door? Mm-hmm. You know, um, so. Yes, like true life. Yeah, it's really kind of <sighs> how, how is this going to play out? A and far more successful film than Face Off, actually. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, hold on, hold on. This is, this is a separate podcast. All right, all yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. We'll put that yeah. on the dare board. Yeah. <laughs> but just quickly as well, we do find out that the cufflinks, at least what he's telling Vanessa, um, he's there touching and sort of feeling the cufflinks and that they were his fathers as well. So that's a, mm-hmm. a nice he wears little them touch. every day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and another connection with Daredevil. His father passed away when he was young as well. So uh, as we as we hear in this episode, so quite a quite an interesting touch. Um, it's good to good to finally have an explanation for the cufflinks. It was starting to get a bit weird to have uh, to have them constantly focus on them all the way throughout the episodes without some form of explanation. So good to see that one in here. I, I, I'm just before we kind of end up on end on this point. What John was saying, I think, is starting to be true. We have two heroes and two villains in this show. Both Daredevil is the hero and villain, mm-hmm. Matt Murdock yeah. is the hero, and Kingpin is the hero and villain. Yeah. And depending on the episode, or depending on that scene, mm-hmm. they're trying to make us root for both. Yeah. It's like they're humanizing both, they're going to tell us the backstory of both, they're going to make mor- morally ambiguous decisions being made by both of them mm-hmm. that you kind of go, actually, no, I would have done the Kingpin way. Yeah. Like, versus, okay, actually, no, I would have been. Matt Murdock. Mm-hmm. They haven't made this. It's the angel and the devil. Right, right. It's the call, the dichotomy between those two again. And I think that's I'm starting to enjoy more and more. Um, this episode felt long to me. Right. Drawn out. It could have been a half hour tacked onto the last mm-hmm. episode because it was a continuation. Mm-hmm. But I think that it was a needed episode. Right. Yep. In that they needed to show. Okay, you actually have you're rooting for both. Both have love interests. Both have um, ways of doing things, mm-hmm. and I think that's what it's going to come down to. It's going to be: Are you Team Fisk mm-hmm. or Team Murdoch? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Fisk Ooh. is communicating better 
with the the woman in his life at the moment. Mm-hmm. His best friend knows more about what he's really like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, so, and I think that leads me into my my next point because I think I'm Team Wesley. I am <laughs> Team Wesley. I love the fact that uh, Wilson Fisk acknowledges to Vanessa that Wesley is more than my assistant mm-hmm. he's my friend yeah. I was like oh I wanted to burst into tears <laughs> I am like so rooting for Wesley I think he's fantastic I think um, it's great portrayal of the character and again just not only that moment where Fisk sort of calls out that he's actually his friend and maybe it's a childhood friend maybe they grew up together or to some extent or used to work with one another or whether it's just that through the professional um mm. relationship he's he's now become one of his you know closest confidants and and, and friends that way mm. whichever way i just thought it was a great little call out it kind of cemented this this duo um of of the the kingpin and his right hand uh, man this guy who does all the organization yeah i did see a great tweet about this today which was which was if i'm a super villain i want to have a wesley which i thought was really good so wesley's now the uh, the poster child for your uh, for your sidekick. sidekick essentially which is which is absolutely perfect he really is a perfect sidekick but this is he's the new loki mm-hmm. the, the, yeah. well actually church they are the new loki marvel has done a great job of giving us really good lovable villains mm-hmm. yeah even though most would argue DC's back catalogue of villains is more from a comic book point of view kind mm-hmm. of better so you have the Joker etc etc yeah. um, so far Loki who was an okay um, villain mm-hmm. in the comic books has been elevated to stardom because of Tom Hiddleston yeah. and now we have these two characters or these well Wesley and Fisk Yes, they are quite uh, synonymous with Marvel Universe, but I wouldn't have called them the standout villain. But now, for me, they are. They're they're over. They they the the they're on par with Loki, but they're, so they're over the Red Skull, etc. Mm-hmm. Just from a more likable point of view. Yeah, yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah, no, I think one of the other things is for me why I'm Team Wesley is that he can go into the Russian den as the dead brother is brought back and say and look at Vladimir and just blatantly lie to him mm-hmm. it's all a show it's all for the greater good as far as he's concerned and it's just so duplicitous mm-hmm. in, in what he does all for the kingpin yeah. and I just think it's an amazing sort of portrayal of it by um, Toby Leonard Moore yeah yeah it was always really cold the way he just yeah. went where's your brother well try him again like what you, yeah. know, you know you know exactly is. where he is you brought his body <laughs> here you have brain on your neck <laughs> 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 it's like uh, can I just say about Wesley as well about that I don't think he's a, a probably not a childhood friend unless mm, it was yeah. when he came back to the city because like he's kind of teaching farm boy about what wine to order and stuff. It's very true. So That's true. unless he, you know, it seems like he probably had a different backstory. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it all went so wrong. Yeah. <laughs> 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 or maybe it didn't because I'm like in Fisk more all the time. Maybe I'd side with him too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, Irene, do you want to give us your uh, your next point? Um, I was going to say about Vlad and the Russians because mm. I kind of did feel sorry for them. <laughs> in this episode isn't it great the way they're doing that yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, really like especially when he's coming out at the end with Sergei mm-hmm. oh please let them get away <laughs> I know <laughs> they've been through a lot in this episode <laughs> they're sadly sponging down his oh, dead brother's headless body and yeah. that, that was a bit gruesome yeah, well, that I, was, I was expecting like the camera not to pan to the neck yeah but no no but no it did right Whoa, on yeah, and, like yeah. starting for, it was like the oh. shot yeah. Okay. Yeah, you do want to just let him bury his dead brother before something bad happens to the rest of his uh, rest of his team. But every one of them are blown up, I, I presume, in this episode. Uh, other than the two, other yeah, than again, including uh, the one that was the shield right. with the door falling on him. Let them get away. No, no, live to fight another day. No. <laughs> Uh, interesting one. Um, my my last point really is about the heads of the family meeting. Um, you, you mentioned it earlier on, John. Um, one of the the, the dynamics that, that I liked within this is kind of the place of each of the each of the people here. Chris, you mentioned Nobu talking about the people that he represents. Um, I, I thought that was quite interesting. That's essentially 
the Wesley of another family or the Wesley of another group, you're, you're, you're thinking the hand, but the Wesley of, the, of another group being the uh, representative at this meeting of all of the heads, which I thought was quite interesting. He's not the head of a family himself. Um, I like the fact that, uh, that little Elsley is the sense of humour for the group. Essentially, he comes in, he wants, he's got just as much power as everybody else, but he just wants to cut all the crap and just get the job done. He wants to. He, yeah. he's, he doesn't understand why he wasn't involved in a huge decision that Wilson Fisk made. Uh, everybody should have been consulted about this, is what he says. Include me on. Yeah. Include me on that. Um, I thought that was quite interesting, and I like the fact that uh, that Fisk goes to Gao to get her to get involved in his plan to take out all of the Russians. She's the one that sends in the uh, sends in her. Um, distributors, I guess you call them, um, as human bombs to take out all of the Russian uh, locations, which I thought was interesting. But more importantly, how they all treat Fisk is interesting. He's not actually the kingpin. No. Which no. I thought was quite interesting. This this episode points out the fact that he's on their level and they talk to him as if he's below their level for some of the decisions he'd made here. Yeah. He's not just the one controlling everything and everybody reports to him. He's like an equal partner. Yeah, he was really deferring to Madame Gao. Yeah. I, I, I thought that was quite interesting. So, yeah, exactly, exactly. He's taken the first group out of this, out of this deal. Will he now go after the rest of them as well? Exactly. I think this is a as much as this show is an origin or the 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 early onset uh, for Daredevil. It's I think it's the same for uh, for the Kingpin. Mm. I think we're seeing him not the origin story, which we'll probably get a flashback for or something. I think now we're getting, okay, he's kind of set up, much like the man in the mask. He's finding his feet. He'll take out the Russians, take out everyone else, and then he becomes the the kingpin. And then on par with him is the Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Chris, do you want to give us your last point? Yeah, for me, this was uh, the cab fight scene. Again, this was, uh, I, I'm oh, yes. guessing that this is similar, kind of uh, the stunt coordinator coordinator from episode one mm. where it was the hallway scene again we it was one shot initially uh, it was just the camera rolls up in the cab mm-hmm. and they kind of looking at the uh, the two drivers the driver and the passenger turns to the blind man singing to himself mm-hmm. uh, then the, the it comes back again in one take yeah. to the drivers they get the driver and the passenger get out uh, it goes back to them going into the building we see a very quick, quiet shot of uh, Matt Murdock in the background, and then it just it continues. And then, unfortunately, this is the bit I was going. Unfortunately, mm. if they had kept that, right. because they then part out into more shots where they start showing Daredevil beating them up, mm. it would have been a lot more fun. I think. Yeah. I think that shot that it was an amazing scene initially that that what three minutes mm-hmm. of this kind of suspense because every time the camera was panning I was expecting to see Matt Murdock again but we didn't see him until the very end of it yeah. I was expecting like him right beside the glass kind of peering in <laughs> yeah um but no, I think that was a great scene, but I just wish they had it kept going with it yeah. rather than cutting because we saw how great and amazing that one shot kind of well choreographed fighting could be mm-hmm. and I'm just hoping we see more of that yeah yeah I don't know how technically they do they do these kind of shots because they must be so difficult to get right especially on the kind of budget that TV has you know I know this is an expensive show but they're definitely throwing every cent at the screen but uh, but I don't know how difficult it would be to keep a shot like that going for much longer because I presume you'd have to move the camera out of the car um, to capture some of the some of the fighting elements that are that are going on outside the car Um but I, I know how they obviously that the scene itself hiding Matt Murdock was a really good uh, good use of this tool of, of using the one long shot. But uh, I don't know how you'd capture the fight scene as well. But maybe yeah. I, I, um, I think I think it would have stayed because we saw the the guy get himself smashed into the windscreen, mm. um, and I, that would have been good because you could just use Matt is uh, or does use the environment quite well. Mm-hmm. A car is a very big environment, Possibly. so he can literally. I know we wanted to see the the, the blind man get shot and the, the blood splatter, and he you uses the door. Well, we do. He, he, he's another big. Instead of just hearing, yeah, like, yeah. We yeah. wanted to see it, but so I think. Get you, yeah. Um, but for me, it was they they could have easily just kept that kind of spinning inside this fake car. Mm. Um, I think it was chosen to have more dramatic effect. So that he could run away. Yeah. Um, but again, I don't know. It was just that was my own opinion. Yeah. I don't know if it's a, it was a cash thing or if it was more. A, we just think you've seen too much of one shot. Right. Right. You now get multiple. <laughs> I did really like that shot though. Really, yeah. really good. John, do you want to give us your last points? 
Yeah, I just liked the reveal of just how deep um, Fisk's network runs throughout New York. We see, obviously, we've talked about Blake and Hoffman there as the two corrupt detectives. Yeah. Um, we've seen previously in other episodes the, you know, some elements of um, this, this kind of crime syndicate's network just by virtue of the fact that there is the Chinese gang, there's the Japanese gangs, there's the Russians, mm-hmm. and then there's uh, Leyland Owl, Owlsey, and obviously Fisk. But then again, we see here... Um, Turk uh, return, who essentially looks like he's betraying Wilson Fisk mm-hmm. um, and and Wesley, and the same with Marcel, and it's all revealed at the end that it was part of the bigger bigger plan, and that this network kind of moves into you know the um, maitre d at a restaurant who phones up to say, look. This is where they are mm-hmm. to get the Russians ready, and then obviously Turk kind of being working for the Russians previously in episode one, where he was moving the um, the human cargo that Daredevil intercepted uh, in um, the opening of episode one. So all of a sudden, this um, this buy off that Fisk uh, can do. Um, is just like really extensive, and I really like how he had put Vanessa's gun into his um, inside jacket pocket um, when she handed it over to him to say, "Look, I trust you that you're not going to kill me, or mm-hmm. I, that I don't need this gun anymore." And he goes to that same pocket when he's speaking to Marcel as they're leaving, and you think he's, he knows that this counter plan, and he's just going to kill. The maitre d, but instead hands this lovely, massive, big envelope full of dosh. Yeah, yeah, I definitely like that scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. really interesting. Uh, I get the feeling that uh, the mention of Wilson Fisk's name is like the mention of Voldemort in Harry Potter. It's <laughs> like it, like it draws attention to you and and makes somebody know. Well, you've got to go. You've mentioned his name. You're the one that has to you die. Essentially, much. you know too much. It's it's like the one word you're not allowed to say, or else you're going to get shot in the head. Essentially. So, uh, <laughs> but you're right. It's amazing how deep the the connections go. The, the when I saw the cops instantly turn when they when they heard the name Wilson Fisk mentioned to them it's like okay oh he's this he could be anywhere essentially he could have ears and eyes anywhere in the city really interesting um just actually from a bit of comic book Turk's been in the comic books mm. for quite a while he's always been that kind of low level enforcer and carry and uh, gopher for the kingpin right um so I was wondering how they would introduce him mm-hmm. so it actually turned out for the whole time they've been working yeah. together and I, I like that but he again he's actually comic relief yeah. um he's been the guy that Daredevil beats up on quite a lot right um he actually then I think in one of the comics he begs Daredevil to end his life because he's sick of getting beaten up and then he because he fails, Daredevil beats him, and he goes back to Kingpin, and Kingpin beats him up. Right, well. <laughs> uh, he becomes a human punching bag. Uh, not, a, not a good life. I wonder if that's what's going to happen to him in the show for poor Turk. Yeah, the physical comedy. Yeah, yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> not the rake in the face. No. no. <laughs> the punch in the stomach. Nice, nice. Uh, Irene, do you have a, a final point? Um, I hope this isn't, you're all going to look at me and go, well, obviously not. Well, I I um, really I so released my one earlier on, so uh, everybody gave me a look. Bring so it on! Bring it on! You're allowed. It's you're in a you're in a safe environment, Aaron. <laughs> um, you know when Karen is translating for the woman, the Spanish speaking lady. Yes. And Matt says, "Don't don't stop her. I like the sound of her voice." Mm-hmm. Did he mean Karen or the old lady? I think Karen. He did mean Karen. Yeah. Didn't he? Yeah. Because I thought he meant Karen, but then. I just thought they seemed like he meant the old lady and I was going that's a bit weird <laughs> <laughs> it was actually Karen I think it was okay. Karen yeah yeah. <laughs> he is that charismatic he, he doesn't seem that he continuously just we, we know, we've heard from Foggy that he he is the guy that always gets the hot girl mm-hmm. and I think this is where we're starting to see that he is this he uses the blindness a bit, like a like a pickup line. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, I'll draw you in with my blindness and touch your face, yeah. and then well, I'll has, get you yeah. with a, <laughs> I'll get you with a really suave line. Like I like the sound of your voice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't he know has, if that works. Like Rosario Dawson saying, "Here, feel my heart," and takes his hand and puts it on her chest, and, yeah. and he's like, "You you sound frightened." Like, 
He's going, oh, okay, that's your reaction, Grimes. Yeah, yeah I am yet. <laughs> I, I was expecting that. <laughs> Something, yeah. So, some people like, kind of like, come on, man, um, show, show us your human, show us your male. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. And on that note, uh, does anybody else have any thoughts about this episode that you want to share? Um, I'm going to share that just I think that this could have been a lot shorter. Right. It was a continue. It had some important plot points. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great, but it felt like a continuation of the last one. Yep, absolutely, and I think that's part of the Netflix uh, Netflix element. These are these are some of these episodes are gonna are gonna feel like uh, right in between two other episodes, so it's gonna feel like one long film, and some of the episodes are gonna be gonna be different kind of lights. I don't know what I take out of this episode though. I don't know what what else I put into the episode to make it stronger. So I'm not sure whether I'm no. I think they could have. I think. They could have made episode uh, four, mm-hmm. um, a four, a four and four point five. So they could have made it an hour and twenty minutes, an hour and thirty minutes. That one episode, and they could have squeezed a lot of it. They would have cut a few scenes. Yeah, I, I think obviously that the, it's possible they may have been able to cut the foggy and uh, yeah, uh, just a, the, that scene, yeah. the, the hand touching face. It was kind of three scenes making up the foggy and current story this yeah. time. They could have. Just what two would have been loads. Yeah, we right. get the idea, right? Right. I think as well, just because it was so immediately after what had happened in the previous episode. I know they've all been continuous in, in a short period of time, mm. so to speak. But this felt as though it was the next morning after Wilson Fisk had bludgeoned uh, and Anatoly's uh, head in, in in the in the door. And so maybe this is one of those episodes where ultimately, you know, we are doing this for each episode, mm-hmm. but that's one where you do binge watch from episode four to five. It is that two-parter where you take advantage of the Netflix model and you can just, mm. as you're watching the credits go on from episode four and you're in absolute shock and horror that his head's just been smashed like a melon and he's been decapitated, you know, comes episode five as the those seconds tick away and you're immediately in to see well what's the result of this because they end it on the fact that this will cause a war mm-hmm. and in you go into the next one and you see that take place so that would have been quite interesting going into episode six is even more like that mm-hmm. it's like oh click next now click next yeah <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that cliffhanger was is a cliffhanger. Yeah, it, it killed us all four of us to come and podcast this part <laughs> mm-hmm. without going on to episode six. There was a little voice inside every one of us going, "Just if we keep talking, no one start. says anything for like twenty <laughs> seconds, it will start." <laughs> and then Derek, of course, teased us all by pressing play, and then I go, "Oh no, 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 we can't watch that <laughs> yeah. one. We can't watch that one. It's my my fault, my bad." Um, but that's the pleasure of doing a, doing a podcast after each episode. We don't know what's happened. We've got Matt Murdock po- possibly in chains for next episode, but he, he's, and he is under arrest from the police, potentially. So uh, we'll see how that plays out in the next episode. So do you defend episode five? I do. I absolutely defend this episode four. Vanessa particularly I think just the development for her character I think was hugely important and again for the development of of Fisk this time there was some really good really good pieces in here Irene do you defend episode 5? I do I thought it was good seemed like they were going to do a bit of a time wasty thing where they were pretending that Matt was going to get the blame for having killed Anatoly Mm -hmm. and then they just kind of went actually no just tell him no it wasn't him (laughs) I was like yeah good that's good they didn't waste could have done half an episode on like will it will he have the Russians after him for that now and no, yeah, they yeah. didn't go there Chris do you defend episode 5 I'm going to be controversial and say no mm. I don't it was a good episode it had some good plot points mm-hmm. um, it, it did have a bit of character development and my god I love those easter eggs and the, the they, they were great kickbacks to the comics mm-hmm. but just no this could have been an extra half hour tacked on to an additional episode and they they stretched. It felt stretched on parts for me. Right. Um. I still give it. I. It's still a, a must watch. Every episode in this series has been a must watch. Mm-hmm. But this felt so far the weakest. Uh, like you said, it, it it felt like it was designed for a binge watch. That the the head the head squishy scene mm-hmm. uh, leads directly into this. And now this scene with um uh, with Matt uh, on 
uh, possibly in chains leads directly into the next and I felt okay so these are the three we have to binge watch I, I'm still not used to that and if you just parkours up the nearest building we'd all be like Oh. Yeah, and I, th- I hope I hope they won't do that. I really do, because that will kill me. It'd be like parkour. Yes. <laughs> he was raising his hands though to put them behind his head. It looked. Oh, yes. you think? Oh, well, you think exactly? <laughs> Billy clubs. Billy clubs. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, yeah. Good point. Yeah. We haven't seen the Billy clubs yet. Yeah, that's true. That's true. He could. Uh, he could be getting them out. He probably would have gotten them out during the fights with the Russians. So maybe he doesn't Get have them with that. him yet. <laughs> John, do you defend episode five of Daredevil? I do defend episode five of Daredevil. I give this, and it was a toss-up between three and a half foggy bears out of five <laughs> or four foggy bears Ooh. out of uh, five. But I think I'm going to go with three and a half foggy bears out of five. I absolutely love the majority of this episode. It was just that cringy moment where I just thought... This has slightly ruined the episode for me between um, Karen and Foggy. Right. right. Um, and I don't necessarily think it, it's their fault. And maybe and I've tried to rationalise it away with her destructive elements. I'm, I'm hoping that that is the case. But until um, that gets called out, I think as Chris had said, I'm going to give it 3.5. Um, I think if it gets called out, I think I can actually forgive what happened there and what it made me feel Mm -hmm. and I would say it's a four because of everything else and certainly coming off such a strong episode previously that I gave 4.5 I think that would justify the the four but at the moment 3.5 foggy bears out of five but with that thanks again for listening Uh, we will be back uh, very shortly Um, and remember you can listen to us and find us on DefendersTVPodcast.com forward slash iTunes. Follow us on Stitcher, Player FM, or any other good podcast catcher. Just search Defenders TV Podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at DefendersCast or on Facebook. Just search again Defenders TV Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back uh, very, very soon. Yep, uh, make sure you send us any feedback you have on the episodes to feedback at DefendersTVPodcast.com. Next episode coming up is episode six, Condemned. I think uh, Daredevil is in chains in the next episode. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, join us again for that next time. I was going to say, Condemned could just be the building the old lady lives in. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone want to say goodbye? Thanks, everybody. Yeah, thanks so much for listening. Thanks. Ta-ta for now. <laughs>